Hi there, Phil. How are you doing? Hey, is it Sam? It is Sam speaking. Can you hear me okay? Yep, absolutely. See you now, too. Brilliant. How's it going? Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Well, like I say, thanks for getting, uh, answering a few questions for us. We've got quite a few. No, of course. Thank you. you. Thank you very much. Great opportunity. As well. So, yeah, well, we always love to talk to people in the industry, and it's a great opportunity to speak with you today. So. Yeah, absolutely. And you? I'll jump straight in, if that's okay. Sure. Go right ahead. How did your career in sound design begin? How did you get into sound design? <laughs> this is a good one. This this will kind of like show how far you can go in a short amount of time. I was living uh, for a little while in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and uh, I was working for Enterprise Rent-A-Car at the time. And Sounds we like ended up yeah ended up renting some vehicles to a production company. We were shooting some commercials up in Santa Fe. I ended up just becoming friends with the guys because I was really interested in what they did, and they they kind of knew that I was interested. And I told them that I would like music and sound and. This this kind of thing. They're like, well, you have to come to LA. So I went out and visited and I moved out just over a month later. I ended up, and this was January of 97, so 16 and a half years now I've been doing this, at a studio with a sound designer, Oscar-winning sound designer, Frank Serafini. It was amazing. He, once I was in, he gave me free reign of the whole studio. And so I kind of like worked on Foley, I worked on mixing, I worked on sound design. I basically just, just I, I was always into music. As soon as I got into sound effects, I knew I hit the right thing. It was, it just, it just clicked. It just really, really clicked. So, I mean, how do you work with Naughty Dog? Are you in-house at Naughty Dog or do you work on a sort of rolling contract? No, I am, uh, I'm on staff. Okay. So I'm the audio lead for one of the teams. And then Bruce Swanson is the audio lead for the other team. Cool. So... What's your favorite part of being a sound designer? Uh, my favorite part is actually like making things come alive. I guess I think inherently in any, I guess, successful career in entertainment, you have to be a, a storyteller. When I read a script or I look at something or I see animation or I see what's going on, I can hear kind of what's happening. Yeah, I know. What and I love trying to have that blank canvas and. Uh, making it come alive in some way and look at trying to get under the subtext and see how see what is the motivation and how what are the what stories are they trying to tell and and how can I provide uh, enhancements to that and just and really just kind of make it come alive okay I mean so you have obviously worked on films and TV before haven't you so do you find it much better working on games than you do in TV and film yeah it's different I, I love working on both actually I've done it all I've done it from being the intern. <laughs> To uh, being in the Foley stage, to wrangling cables, to trailers, TV spots, TV shows, movies, games. Uh, I've, I've tried really hard not to be pigeonholed just because I think I saw where the future was kind of happening with a lot of entertainment, where a lot of opportunities for a new ground to be broken would be. Yeah. Linear media is a lot of fun because... No matter what you do, it always happens the same way. Like it's like it's like being a sculptor. It's like getting underneath and digging out the layers and figuring out what you can do to really make it work because that's the way it's going to be. In an interactive medium, uh, the challenge is tenfold because not only do you have to figure out what story you're trying to tell, but how the player can mess it all up. <laughs> and try to and try to figure out how to make it sound good in any of those circumstances, at least as close as possible. So yeah, definitely. it's it's really challenging. The fun is a challenge. Yeah, I mean it must be a lot more challenging because obviously with a film or TV, the, the audio track's always the same. When you have user input on games, you've then got to make sure that no matter what they do, it's going to react and sound just how you want it, like you say. So. It's exactly. I did a, a keynote at Develop back in 2011. And I interviewed uh, the other audio lead, Bruce Swanson, and our audio programmer, Jonathan Lanier, 
just about, you know, what they felt was the future. And it was interesting. One of the things that came up with interactive, it's like we're no longer really sound effects designers, but we're more sound behavior designers. Yeah. Yeah. Because you really think about like how interactive these worlds are becoming all these objects and characters and everything have these like unique and very specific behaviors that kind of tell us what the sound should be in a way and how it should react in that world and that's some of the toughest stuff to do but it's 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 pretty challenging and fun well was there anything that was particularly the biggest challenge of the last of us well there were definitely a lot of challenges it, it was it's a new world we're trying to tell a story in a really different way and it's a very cohesive story. I think the biggest new challenge for us was probably the design challenge, of course, was the infected. We really wanted to make these people, and they are people, kind of scary but sad at the same time. We really wanted to understand that the people were not evil. The infected were not evil. It was the fungus. These people were being driven to this madness and to the state we really wanted to make sure that the sound came across as, especially for, to the different levels of the infected, of how much humanity was still there. That's why we try and stay. It's not a zombie game. People always call it zombies, yeah. but it's yeah. they're people. They're infected. It, this, they're being driven to this inhumane state. You know, in directing the uh, some of the actors that we did, our senior sound designer Derek Espino told them it was like, okay, imagine that there was a rope tied around you, and as much as you're fighting against it, it's pulling you forward, you know, to try and get this this feeling of, of pain and unstoppable power behind it. And one of the things that I love working at Naughty Dog is how collaborative it is. And we would actually work with the animators as well. One of the things that with that emotion we actually got, and I think you can see this in the game and in some of the pictures, that their eyes kind of get wide like this, like, I don't want to be doing this. Yeah, It's a small thing, but it's emotive. Yeah, trying to bring those emotions across in sound is a difficult thing when people are used to the tropes of uh, zombies. We're trying to do something different and uh, tell a different story. But yeah, I mean, just coming up with the different versions of the infected were very different, especially the clicker, because that's where we started with. When our, our, our character lead, uh, Michael Nolan, finally came up with the design with the bloom of, of fungus that exploded from the head, and there were no eyes, it was, it, it was a very, very quick discussion saying, echolocation. So, you know, immediately I'm like, Oh shit! How are you going to make that interesting and fun and cool and and scary, but also bring kind of emotive uh, quality across? We worked really hard to think about how we were going to do that, and we decided very early on that we were not going to use any type of animal sounds right. whatsoever. It was all going to stay very, very human. In fact, <laughs> yours truly here is the male clicker. So are you? Oh, fantastic! Okay. Yeah, the clicker. It's funny you should mention that. Most of the questions we've had are to do with your inspirations for how the clicker came about and the way you did it. So it's obviously become an icon for the game as its most fear-inspiring creature, I believe. So, I mean, one of our readers' questions, actually, from uh, Haley in Huddersfield, she says, what inspired you in creating the clickers and how did you actually go about it in depth? It's interesting because uh, we think about it, we finally came to the point of where, okay, this is going to be echolocation, so what is it going to sound like? We actually did a lot of research in human echolocation, and there, there are uh, some extremely talented people who have no sight that are able to do echolocation. There, uh, there's some people that you know, t use their hand, but there are some people who have learnt to use uh, a broadband kind of like 
click like that with their mouth uh, and get the information back. And just like bats or dolphins, they'll do if they if they know something is closer, they'll do kind of a a shorter, tighter like kind of a click, kind of thing, kind of thing like that, where they can figure it out. So the science is there. Okay, that's great, but and doesn't really sound scary. It doesn't really emote this kind of fear. Derek and I were just thinking like, okay, well, we've tried a few things. It's not really working so well. So why don't we hire some really awesome vocal talent to just have that, do, come up with some stuff. This actress by the name of Misty Lee came up with this sound, which just Derek and I looked at each other and we were like, oh God, this is it. I'm going to do it here. I don't know how it's going to come across, but it's kind of like... She just made the sound and she was able to do it. And it doesn't really destroy your throat so much. So we were able to get a lot of it. That tearing, kind of the, the, in, the inhale against the vocal cords, which causes that, that tearing and popping, yeah. we were able to yeah. isolate that and separate it out and manipulate that. And those, each of those mixed with some, you know, kind of like kind of mouth sounds and things that create the wetness and the, the tone of the mouth are what became the clicks. And this is probably the single design statement of the entire game is that less is more. We went, we started with the clicker, which was they've pretty much lost their humanity by that point. And they can't see and they're just they're being motivated to just hurt and spread and and maim and kill. And once we found that the less was more, it just became horrific sounding. We got a lot of feedback yeah. from the focus test players like uh, I shit my pants. Uh, so I thought we were on to something. Yeah, it so. definitely worked. I mean, it's funny you should mention silence, really, because there's so much silence that you do get enveloped by it. See, that was quite an inspiration for the, the soundtrack and the soundscape, wasn't it? it was the, the whole less is more, as you say. Yeah, um, we, were, we were really influenced by movies like No Country for Old Men. We were looking at the core mechanic of being tensioned. And scenes like in the hotel room of No Country for Old Men, when Josh Brolin is sitting on that bed and the other character is out in the hallway and you're just listening and there's almost nothing there. And we really felt that there was something special in that. And it was something different for games because most games are about more, more, give me more, give me more information, give me more sound, give me more visuals. As a sound designer, as someone who comes from post, and also I've done a lot of mixing, and I mean, the, the, the single most important aspect of, of learning to be a mixer is it's the art of reduction. We, we really came at this as kind of a feature film mix, where we wanted to think about how we could set the mood, set the tension, and a lot of that was pulling sounds away, pulling what was, wasn't necessary. I worked heavily with the uh, the music production guys from Sony, Jonathan Mayer, who's music producer manager, and Scott Hanau, who's the other producer and the integrator. And we we had a lot of discussions about you know not going up there because they do the music for Uncharted as well. Yeah. And so that is it's you know it's like it's very epic. It's very you know Indiana yeah, Jones. Like it's a lot of <laughs> themes. Yeah, and which is great. It works for that game. Oh, yeah. It's awesome. For us, it was like, okay, what can we not say? And that that was that was amazing. It was it was so much fun to, to play with that and to try to achieve that. It was very hard technically as well. A lot of times we deal with memory issues in, in games. We deal with 
limitations. We deal with technology, which basically just messes up sound. Yeah. We hide those things a lot of times. In this game, you couldn't hide anything. One of the things that we really wanted to achieve was the fact that sound did things in the world. It actually lived in the world. So there was a lot more detail in this game. We actually ended up with probably about three times the amount of sound as Uncharted 3 with about the same with the same memory footprint. It's funny you mentioned Uncharted, really. That was one of our other questions of how much different it was to work on The Last of Us compared to Uncharted. Well, the main difference, I mean, there's... I, I was a senior sound designer on Uncharted 2. I worked under Bruce Swanson, who was the audio lead on that project. Yeah. Bruce and I have a lot of the similar ideas about sound, and he also comes from feature film. So we, we look at things on a holistic level of, like, what's the story we're trying to tell? What, what is the player trying to feel at that moment? What is the director wanting us to focus on? Even though Uncharted is still kind of a realistic world, it's hyper-real. So you're, you're trying to bring this sense of adventure. And even though Nate is like, or Nathan Drake is like, you know, kind of the everyman, <laughs> he has specific abilities to, uh, to, to, to jump and, and leap and avoid, you know, and, and it's, it's about these big pulp moments, you know, towers crumbling and, and gunfights blazing and these, these big moments. And so you try and sell the danger. You try and sell all these things that you want to feel in a summer blockbuster. In The Last of Us, it was much different where we tried to strip that down. It, it was almost like what you didn't hear was more important. We went from what I was considering kind of like kind of Uncharted being a realistic sounding game in a way to something that was even more grounded. Everything stands out. Everything can be picked out. Everything can be noticed from you know picking up a bottle of, of alcohol to a pipe to the wood falling on the ground to dust settling to everything. There's so much more room to hear it in the world, and it's supposed to be a very believable, grounded world. Joel can't leap and jump and, and do these things. He's very much just a regular Joe who's had to survive for 20 years. Yeah. So we, we really had to strip it down, and the challenge was trying to make it more accessible. That in itself is, is, is a real challenge. So we, we did a lot of real-world Foley. We did a lot of real-world recording, a lot of real space recording, um, things that really tried to make it grounded in this world. It's funny you mentioned sad as an emotion earlier with the infected because, I mean, it seems to be a running theme quite often, isn't it? The sadness and, and the emotion within the game. One of our questions from Jimmy in Huddersfield as well, actually, relates to that. He says, how did you find it creating the perfect atmosphere with the music to go along with the emotional storyline? So... Early on, we had we, we kept like this folder of music that we were inspired by. We were looking at different movies and different soundtracks, which kind of made us feel a certain way. Neil and I kind of coined the term uh, hopeful melancholy. You know, with the story we were trying to tell, we wanted it's a story of redemption in a way. And in almost every single one of our folders that we had, Gustavo Santaolio was was in there. And it just had this gut-wrenching, heartstring-pulling. It just had this really great tone to it. We just went for it. He got the pitch for the game, and he actually told Neil, I'm working on this. Something about this story resonated with him, and he, he got it just like that. He hit it just out of the park with everything that he provided to us, and it was, it was beautiful, beautiful. And uh, actually, uh, a funny piece, the, uh, the first piece of music he delivered to us actually became the theme. It was that, it was that strong of a relationship. 
How many were you overall on the in the sound design team? We actually grew to a team of let's say what was it? Four to five sound designers internally, two integrators, two dialogue scripters, a dialogue supervisor. But we also uh, we also contracted Sound Deluxe DMG, uh, led by Scott Gershon, to do our cinematics and uh, our Foley work. They have great Foley stages. Working with them on the cinematics and getting them all the material and, and having them deliver the material and making sure that our, our mixes were in sync or in line with the gameplay, just so it's almost a seamless transition through the world was really, really important. At the very last minute, trying to get all the last minute stuff in, uh, we basically contracted a lot of people from the Sony production development sound team, their internal service team, to help out. But that's one of the great things, and that's and not I'm not trying to be a fanboy here or start anything, but one of the great things about working for a team like Naughty Dog, which is owned by Sony, is the fact that we have these really great resources. Yeah. So we can hand them off material and give them certain instructions or give them certain direction, and they just provide it because they know what we're trying to do. They understand the concept. They understand how it fits into a game. And that's really a big part of, of sound designing for games is really understanding of how it all works together. So it's, it's, it's a, it was a huge help because you could just drop it in. You could break it up to its uh, components if you needed to to get that in, uh, interactiveness and just make it work. Great. So, I mean, how do you delegate within a sound team? Once, once we understood the, the scope and we started bringing people on, it was important that I had key people that I could work with that also understood vision, understood what I was looking for, understood what the directors were looking for. So we have a senior sound designer on the team. First, we had Steve Johnson, who did uh, Journey. He is an amazing guy who's left gaming at this point. And then I brought in Derek Espino afterwards to be the senior sound designer. So he was kind of in charge of the sound design of the vision for the game and working with the other sound designers and making sure they delivered everything that was necessary for the levels, whether it was ambiences, the Foley, in-game cinematics, all these, these bits in the world, including, including all over 320 bumpable physics items. <laughs> <laughs> that are in this world that can make sound. And then uh, I worked with Jonathan Mayer, who's our music supervisor yeah. on it. And so he was it's his job to make sure that all the stuff from Gustavo comes in, it's all creative, it all fits Neil's vision, it all fits the game's vision, and then working with him and Scott to make sure it's integrated within the mix. And then working with Jimmy or James Barker, our dialogue supervisor, who worked directly with Neil on the script and making sure he was at the dialogue shoots, both motion capture and ADR in studio and making sure that the dialogue sits where it needs to do, be at all levels across the game, as well as localization. <laughs> so you, if the, idea is, the idea is, as a lead, you want to surround yourself with key people who you can trust, who you can delegate to, who you can make sure fulfills the overall vision of the, the product that you're trying to make. Delegation at that point can come easy. Because you have people who understand, who get it, who get you, who get what you're trying to do, and you can work with them collaboratively. It's not like, you go do this, you go do that. It's more of, they, they understand, and they bring their A-game to the table. And you can work with them collaboratively, and back and forth, so you, you get like the best product. Everyone is invested to such an extent that they, that they love what they're doing, and they, they get it. And so you're getting that level of interaction from every angle, which just makes everything work better. 
everyone had more of like their purview to work on. It wasn't uh, like, okay, you know, you're working on that level, you're working on that level. It was more of like, this person is in charge of like environmental audio and ambiences and this person's working with the Cinemax and this person's in charge of the infected. Yeah. Further aspiring sound designers and people like myself, when you assess whether you're going to hire someone to be on the sound design team, I mean, how do you go about that? How would you pick someone to be on your sound design team? It depends what level I'm going to hire them at, whether it's senior, regular, junior, or kind of assistant level. More than anything, I think, I think I'm looking for someone who's ha- who kind of just gets it. Like, they may not have the best sound library at their hands, but they understand how sound is put together. Yeah. They understand how to tell a story. They understand subtext. They understand editing. You know, there's, there's a technical and there's a creative Technically, you can kind of get there, but if you don't have the creative, it's really hard to get there. And you can see it. I mean, there are people out there on YouTube who basically, you know, take a trailer or take a bit of a show or a movie and, like, recut the sound. You can tell who has got the concept down and who doesn't. Yeah. And they, they may not have the best sounds in the world. They may just be downloading sounds off sound dogs, MP3s, or taking stuff off whatever and using it. But they get the concept of telling a story. They get the concept of timing. So uh, resumes are great, but it's the reels. I love seeing people that have talent, and, and it's, it's great. Excellent. I mean, this next question kind of ties in with the reader's question as well. We've got uh, Lawrence in Leeds who's asking about the technology you use and whether you adapt to the new technology as it comes out or whether you stick with old methods. But I also wanted to ask you what software you use and how you integrate all your sound design into it and what you use to make your sound design. As far as moving with technology and moving those kinds of things, I, I think especially today you have to keep the razor sharp. You can spend thousands of dollars in software and, and pro tools and, and kits and everything else, but if you don't have the concept in your mind of how it gets put together to video, then you're going to fail. At Naughty Dog, we really believe that technology can be used creatively, but it ultimately is a tool. It's what you have in your heart, what you have in your mind, is is what really kind of makes it come alive and 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 makes it great for the player. Technology-wise, I mean, we we're, we're a Pro Tools studio, all Pro Tools studio, five one seven one uh, for surround mixing. I mean, we've got. Without going through a laundry list, we go. We have a variety of plugins that we use. We try to work creatively in those situations. We do a lot of field recording. That's a big part of it: is coming up with the right sound that you want for what you're trying to achieve. There's a lot of internal tools we use to get the stuff in the game. We're we don't use middleware. We use Sony proprietary tools, Screen, and they're they're synth boomerang on the PS3. So we do, we do a lot of stuff in-house. We have, and I can't say this enough, for any game sound designers out there, anybody who's working in games right now, I cannot say enough how important it is to have a very competent, competent and creative audio programmer. It's a luxury, to say the least, because there's a lot of teams that don't have it. And we are lucky to have one of the greatest guys, Jonathan Lanier, as our audio programmer. Ultimately, he will make something that exceeds my expectations on what we're able to achieve technologically for sound. Actually, Jonathan wrote more code on The Last of Us than all three Uncharted's combined. I'm a little biased, but I'm extremely proud of what we were able to pull off with this. I mean, not, not saying there's no bugs out there, there's no, but you know, you can't make everything perfect in, in, with with code. But the team, the team really just knocked it out of the park in every sense of the word. We, I think we made something that that is kind of like my dream gig as far as like 
making sound for a game. It just it really just came together. That kind of answers my other questions, um, which would be what would be your <laughs> ideal project to work on. But uh, it sounds like you've already found it. So. Yeah, I mean, uh, this 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 was this was an amazing project. I mean, yeah, I, creatively, there's there's other things. You know, as a sound designer, you're like, oh, I want to make the best laser. I want to make the best gun. I want to make the best explosion, and these kinds of things, right? But um, you you try and challenge yourself in different ways. That you know, you're like, oh, how do they do that? You know, and you listen to other guys, and I'm I'm constantly constantly encouraged and driven by what other sound designers do. There's so many different games, whether they're the smallest mobile game up to the biggest AAA game, that are trying to tell these really, really cool stories. And to any game producers or directors or anything else watching this or getting hold of this at some point, it's like, work with your audio team. Let them help you tell the story because that's what we do. We can have, If we're in early enough, we can help describe that. There's a really good, good example in Billstown in The Last of Us. Ellie and Joel make their way into this old pizza parlor, and there's a video game cabinet there. And early on, I mean, Neil had written this awesome little little ditty about you know how she was talking about, oh, I've heard about these video games and this character, and she does this. And originally, she just kind of stood there, kind of looking at it, and Joel just kind of stood there. And I worked with Mike Yosh, our lead animator, character animator, or gameplay animator, and we, we looked at him and we were like, wouldn't it be awesome if she just like walked up and like touched it and kind of play with it? Because that, that's what kids do. We can put little sounds on that and kind of make it happen. It helps involve the story a little more. It becomes more tactical. More, I'm sorry, not tactical, tactile yeah. and more real. Does this mean that The Last of Us is your most challenging project or was there something early on because it was early on that was more challenging? I think if I'm not pushing myself, I'm sorry guys to say this, but if I'm not pushing the people who are working with me, you know, and put taking out of the comfort zone, then I don't think we're doing the best job we possibly can. Yeah, I, I would, I would I, honestly, I would say The Last of Us is the most challenging just because of the level of work we were trying to achieve in the game. Yeah. The level of believability that we had to keep up to keep the player immersed in this world. The challenge to make the player care for these characters in any given situation. You know, it's great that it worked out, but boy, oh boy, there were moments where we were just like, oh my God, is this working? When you push yourselves to, to succeed in that sort of way, there's, there's really no stopping your success. I love, for me, I love going on YouTube and watching walkthroughs now yeah. and see how, how, how people are responding to the game. There's those moments that I know of in the game where it was kind of like, hmm, did we get that? You know, is, is that working? And some guy picked up the modded pipe with the scissors in Billstown for the first time, and he swung it, and he goes, oh, that sounds dangerous. Something as simple as that, and that's what it's about, right? Well, it definitely seems to be working with The Last of Us. It, it's doing amazingly well already, and it's not been out that long, and I know it's flying off the shelves, and the soundscape and the sounds and the music are a key factor that everyone's already commenting on, so... It's definitely a job you yeah. should be proud of. Very, very proud, right. very humbled. I mean, being on this side of it, you know where all the bones are buried, right? Yeah. <laughs> we, know, we know everything that went wrong. We know everything that, that didn't make it in. We know everything that we tried and failed, right? Because you're going to have those failures. And so the fact that the, uh, the whole of the experience is greater than the sum of its parts and just, just speaks to people is extremely humbling and extremely motivating to, to push yourself to do more next time, right? If, if I was on, what is it, inside the actor's studio, if they asked me, what are your, what's your worst, the, the words you hate the worst, it would be good enough. We keep pushing. And that's what I encourage other sound designers to do is, is do your best. 
just do your best. Keep pushing. Sometimes you're going to fail. Sometimes you're going to succeed. And it's just those accidents that happen and you put yourself out there and work hard. It's just, it really, it's a really a function of working hard and being creative. Definitely. That kind of uh, led me on to my last question I was going to ask, which would be, what is your top number one tip for aspiring sound designers who want to get to where you are? I, I would say push yourself. Be creative. There's not just one tip. I, I, you can't really just think of one tip for it because it's all so integrated. Study storytelling. Be encouraged. Put yourself in positions that you don't like. Technologically wise, try and learn new things. Work hard. Give it your all. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. You just have to be there, no matter the size of the project, uh, no matter the budget of the project. Um, if you take it on, kill it. Just make it work. Make people proud of you. Make yourself proud. I think that's, that's a huge, huge part of doing great work because it doesn't matter if it's a cartoon or anything else. I mean, you can, you can do it. And you just have, to, just have to give it your all. Well, Philip Kovacs, <laughs> it's been an absolute pleasure talking with you today. We really appreciate you, you uh, giving up your time to talk to us, and thank you very much. No, it's great. I, I, it was awesome. Thank you very much for the opportunity. It's it's great to do something like this because, I mean, to be able to talk with with you know fellow sound audio geeks yeah. and bring the process alive, right? Because that's what we want to do. That's that's what I want to do. Is I want to help further our industry and help further sound to be a better part of the of the medium. We're all storytellers, and we're all part of this experience. And to make the experience better for us and shine for us is great. So it's yeah. awesome. I mean, that's the main idea of why I'm doing these interviews for the Sound Architect is to literally bring the behind the scenes to the forefront and people can, like you say, bring the sound design to life and learn more about the process. And especially for us sound designers, that we learn more from the industry side you've, you've gained experience in as well. So it's been a All massive right. help. So, and it's been, like I said, Thank an you. absolute pleasure. Thank you very, very much. It was great to be a part of this and, and big success for you. So maybe see you. You're very welcome. Take care of yourself. <laughs> All right. Bye. You too. Take care.